I'm afraid of my story. <laughs> <laughs> Remember years ago, we used to have this, what do we call it? Blah, 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 polymer stories. Yeah. Some like, science that we didn't I, understand that I we know. don't have to explain. Oh, I, well, I was always finding those. We should start doing those weird scientist stories again. Remember we used to have those weird scientists? Yeah. yeah. That would be fun. And butterscotch, the robo-pony. And, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that well, time you bought the thing that you pee into so that women oh, can pee yeah, without pee going mate. to the washroom. <laughs> I still have it. Ah, the good old days. Yeah, and it, but not, not a used one, but <laughs> an old one up at the farm. <laughs> I take it on walks. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay, well, PSFK is one of my favorite sites. Yeah. And they do these terrific futures, you know, futures of uh, retail. And this time, it's the future of manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And they, they see 10 points that they see are coming. Okay, I'm not going to ramble them all off, and you guys can go and take a look, but I would encourage you to go fairly swiftly because they uh, pull them down pretty quick. Okay. The first one is um, it's called Digital Prototyping. And it says here, I'll just read it, <laughs> easy, easy peasy. <laughs> um, visualization technologies allow manufacturers to build scale models or simulate revisions to the production line process all in a virtual space. Okay. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So it's, that means like you're tweaking your design as you go in yeah, virtually. In, right? Virtually yeah. with other people. You know, it says that these tools, they, they allow developers to revise digital solutions early in the development process rather than, you know, afterwards, after all this money has been spent. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, there's so much money goes into um, R&D. Yeah. And this is a great way to play it out. Mm -hmm. But um, another one is, I really like this, and we've seen so much of this with clothing and on-demand customization. These um, automated systems are turning away from siloed behavior towards intelligent processes that are supporting skilled labor in enabling at-scale personalization. So basically, I think it's like rather than just making tons of stuff, uh -huh. they're determining what it is that they're going to need. It's interesting that after what we were talking about last time on the show, they're sort of suggesting that there's a, a role for actual human skill there. Yeah. Yeah. Everything does seem to be, you know, okay, let's play it out and get the inf information from the cloud. Let's play it out you know, in that manner. And then we can take it to the manufacturing floor. Yeah, it was a lot of it seemed to be like underlying it was the idea of uh, applications in the cloud and how like the ability to kind of have what you're making be slightly digitized, like with RFID tags and that kind of thing. So you have mm -hmm. a much more, you're not just kind of like making something and sending it out into the world and waiting for this very slow feedback, which is did people buy it or not? Yes. You're able to kind of constantly tweak and update um, and modify what it is that you're doing, which is quite an interesting idea. Yeah, and again, it's sort of like, you know, we were talking about feedback and mm -hmm. it's sort of like people will be able to give feedback and they will make things as they're needed and then they can ship them from plants, and this is something else, you know, multitask production lines that can be um, adjusted for different, you know, different things that they're gonna be making. Right, so, I see, yeah. 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 So I thought that was fascinating. Mm -hmm. and the thing that it reminded me of was, do you remember a while ago we did a story on the sniffer which was about the enormous amount of waste that happens in the fast fashion 
clothing world yes. and how much landfill that creates. Like I thought if you could actually make things like what people want and the quantities that people want them. I know, but it's funny, sustainability and people's need to have things now <laughs> sort of run very contrary. Yeah, yeah. But they're going to be able to get the, all this information so much faster now. Everything is based on feedback mm -hmm. and need. Yeah, it reminded me actually when my book was published, as far as the e-books went, because they have these, you know, huge drums that print the books. Mm. and. The computer feeds in my book, your book, all the different books, uh -huh. and, and they print them out, and then they just switch it, and then they go to your book, Virtual Self, they can print that out, and then they ship it. All the different books, whereas before it would have been different, they would have had to do them you know, singularly. Right, so you could do, like, you could even do these very short mini production runs of a bunch of different books, exactly. one after another. That's exactly, and it yeah. can go on ad infinitum mm -hmm. once it's into the machine. Um, so I have a thing that, in a way, it's new, but in a way, it's not totally new. It's this thing called Otis. Oh, I like it. It's um, a kind of proof of concept film that the people who wrote this uh, piece, which is written up in Engadget, are talking about as kind of a hybrid in between movies and video games. Or it's, I would think of it more as just an interactive movie, actually, I would describe it as. So yes. basically, the idea is it's a short film that's essentially three separate short films from the point of view of three different characters. And uh, you, as the viewer, can switch from any of the three characters' points of view as the story goes through. And you get that person's perspective on what's going on. It's a crime thing, so you get a different idea of what actually happened in this event. They describe it as having basically these like certain pivot points for each character's story. Mm -hmm. But basically, you can kind of do this journey through it. And the goal is that people do not see the same kind of thing, because the points at which you're changing the perspective that you're getting, are those are your decisions, right? So I really like it as an idea. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's well done, right? And it's, like, it's an interesting example of just planning it out really clearly and smartly. And I get the, the thinking behind it, which is the idea that we, you know, we never do see the world the same way as everyone else does, and there's always perspective and all that kind of stuff. But there's part of me that feels like, like we've been seeing these experiments with that change perspective since the 90s, really. And it seems like a natural thing to do with digital storytelling. Yeah. But I, I never really find them as satisfying as just watching a linear narrative. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know, but I've been thinking a lot about this and um, because I tried to do something once with it. It was nonlinear, and you could go off a million different directions. <laughs> mm. That doesn't work. And this is interesting to me because it was a con it's a contained garden. You yeah. can't wander off and do anything on your own. Mm -hmm. But it seemed, though, like when I was reading the article, that what they really wanted to do, Otis really is all about, is to get people together afterwards to talk about what their experience of the story was and what they brought out of the story. So I thought, there we have again, feedback. It's like he's oh, trying yeah. to get people together to talk about their experience of a story. Mm -hmm. That is interesting, actually, is if you think about it as not just being a path that you're choosing, but something that you explore. That's interesting. Or using it as a teaching tool in a way, like an engaging way of 
teaching about a subject and opening up a conversation about a topic. Yeah, and to just see how different people respond, because like what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at it and I'm going to follow all three. Did you do that? I didn't follow all three from soup to nuts. Yeah. I sort of clicked around the narrative. Yeah. And, yeah. Did you want to see the girl smash her face? With I watched the girl smash her face <laughs> with a soap dish, which was like, ah. But imagine, though, you see, you get a group of people, they all look at the same, you know, morality tale, almost, that thing, and discuss how they reacted to it. Mm-hmm. And to see how people react to different types of stories. Yeah. And morally how they react. Yeah. And, but then, I mean, is that really different from, for example going to see a play where you see different perspectives, right? And then, like, if you think about something like David Mamet, right? Like, you see different perspectives, characters are having an argument, and then you can go, you know, you go out afterwards and you have a discussion about what you saw and what you think of it. I don't know. It still, though, is more freewheeling than a linear play. For sure it is, yeah. For sure. But I mean, in so terms many of different variables, you know, it's like if you follow the girl first, everybody picks somebody different to follow first and then follow second, follow third, and then to see what the story experience was. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what interests me is how does it affect story? Yeah, I know. And I mean, like, intellectually, it's very intriguing, uh-huh. right? But in terms of, like, artistically, is anything like that going to be more interesting than, like, what I thought of was Kurosawa's Russian The Walking Dead. <laughs> no, like Rushamon, where it is, the yeah. movie is about different people's perspectives, but you're led through different people's perspectives by the, the director's hand, which, of course, you had to be because it's an analog medium. It's not yeah. a digital medium, but still. As somebody who's horsed around with this stuff, mm-hmm. one thing, though, is it is fun creating like maybe 15 different stories. Didn't you use a spreadsheet when you were writing your first novel about just keeping track of the different characters and stuff? It was the, um, the movie. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But the woman I was working with couldn't figure it out. She wasn't as advanced. <laughs> it actually worked. Yeah, if I you, bet. If yeah. you could just take the time to think differently than reading through it in yeah. a traditional fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, interesting experiments. They do have a, um, a free, freely available prototype of Otis, the seven-minute uh, film. So it's worth taking a boo at and um, you know, yeah. clicking around and see what you think. And I'd love to know what people think. Did you find it satisfying as a viewer? Would you like to see more of these kinds of things? So let us know what you think. Um, Please. Sniffer.net. Check out the links on your phone, et cetera, et cetera. Bye. Bye. Let's eat. Mm. I've got some really, really good Chardonnay. Uh-huh. <laughs>